Hello and welcome to my show. Could you be more specific? I'm your host, Jonathan Steele, coming to you by the way of the Stay Woke podcast. And on this episode of Could You Be More Specific, I'm going to title it, That's Okay, I'm Good. Topics I want to touch on is uh, the Emmys that uh, came on the other night. I'll address some of the highlights, I guess, of that show. And then I'll also touch on Cat Williams and his recent interview in Atlanta. And some of the things he said about some of the other comedians like Tiffany Haddish and Lil Rel and uh, Kevin Hart. I'm going to start on the Emmys. The Emmys, ironically, is in that same category lately. I know I've touched on this on previous pods where I've talked about some of the award shows. The only exciting award show right now is the BET Awards. It's the only fun award show. Other than that, it's just you're watching a lot of kind of really successful talent to people, but it's like I'm not really motivated to see them give each other awards, which is unfair to the rest of the television and film community because it's more than just the actors and the faces we see on posters that make these films. But if you ask me, like, am I motivated to watch these type of shows? No, Um, I'm over it. I do like the hosts, Michael Che and uh, Colin Jost. They're the best part of Saturday Night Live. So when I heard that they were hosting, I'm like, oh, okay. But even when they have, you know, hosts that you like, they're really just kind of filling in time. So whenever I hear people talk about the hosts all the time, I'm like, well, the host is just trying to get you to the next step, ultimately. And uh, some of the bits that I saw that they did were funny. Of course, you know, I think the one part with uh, Michael Che that got a lot of people upset is what he said about the Handsmaid's Tale being a uh, uh, a show that, you know, is kind of pretty much showing a, an aspect of uh, slavery and the Handmaid's Tale and everybody's like, it's like, this is so terrible and all this hard work and stuff. He's like, yeah, and he paraphrasing, he's saying, yeah, that's what uh, black people experienced. And a lot, of course, like, you know, a lot of people were kind of like so-so in the room to hear that, but it's true. But, you know, they'll go crazy over that show and it's essentially the same the same thing. And I and I watched The Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. I think it's a good show. I like it. It is a tough watch. But um, I thought that that was a really funny kind of bit that he did about that. And I, and I know that they had like one guy propose to his uh, girlfriend of uh, over five years there. And then a bunch of other shows won that people probably haven't seen before. And to be fair, it's so much TV. I don't know how anyone really has a chance to really watch all these. I'm pretty sure, like, whatever the nominees are, they give you the episodes to cover for them, and then you make your decision based off of that. But when I heard a lot of people kind of complaining about it on on uh, social media the other night, talking about, you know, you know, some, some comments were like, it was mostly white. I'm like, well, you know, to be fair, just what was it, a few weeks ago at the Creative Emmys, you know, for the first time in history, all four four of the guest spot supporting uh, actor roles were won by all black people. Tiffany won, uh, Tiffany Hash won, Cat Williams won, uh, Ron Seifer Jones won, and uh, that's Samira Wiley on Handmaid's Tale won. And, you know, so to have four black actors sweep, you know, all four of those categories, I think it's the first time that's ever happened in history. So that's a pretty big, you know, accomplishment. As far as the main shows go, if you were watching that show and you were really thinking that Issa Rae was going to win for her category, or say even Tracy Ellis Ross, it's like, mm, they're just happy to be there, you know? And I think, you know, some of us got to get to this point where 
we got we got to stop getting so caught up in these award shows. And I was listening to to podcast by this guy. I think it's a BBG or BSG, and he was uh, actually talking about you know the whole thing about with the whole uh, recent pageant and how we have uh, awards and we have committees that do target specifically highlighting the achievements of 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 black people, black Americans in this country, African Americans in the same category, but we don't really highlight those awards. And and one thing I got to really give Monique credit on, even though I've been somewhat critical of her because I thought some of the stances she's taken have kind of come across as more so a, uh, a me first kind of attitude with it in, in regards to some of the things that she's been involved in was uh, when she won the NAACP award and she went on other shows, she talked about that. She's like, why does this award for a lot of us not mean as much to us as it does the Oscar? Your your people are giving it to you. The Oscar still represents, represents an award where, you know, when she won in her speech, she mentioned Hattie Mae McDaniel and how she couldn't really, I don't even think, be there at that award show like that. They weren't really even allowing black people to sit in theaters to even watch Gone with the Wind. And to be fair to her, she did take the time out to acknowledge her in her speech. And that was a form of perspective. And I and I say that to say that I think that's what people of color got to start having when they're dealing in a predominant industry that does not look like them. And, and sometimes you just got to then work harder to highlight and acknowledge the award shows or the, the outlets that embrace you. And we got to do a better job of that. You know, we got to do a better job of supporting each other in the business community. And we also got to do a better job of supporting each other from a social standpoint. One of the best ways for us to kind of change the narrative that is around us is to support one another. Because, you know, the Asian demographic in all parts of Asia, whether you're talking about whether it's Japan or China, they've built up a market where they don't really need outside influences. They don't mind partnering with people if it works for them, but it's not mandatory. And we kind of got to get like that. And we got to start supporting each other and realize there's going to be a lot of trial error while we do that. And, and I hope that that's something that we kind of start to get a lot better on because um, I do feel like we, we kind of, well, we put down a lot of the stuff that highlights and acknowledges us. And that even goes even for the Hispanic community, like highlighting the almas is something that needs to be taken more to account because it's, it's highlighting Latin culture, Hispanic culture. And I know it's Hispanic Heritage Month, and so it's kind of good for you to be having awareness of who you are and where you're coming from. And then it puts in perspective some of the things you go to. So if it's something like the Emmys, it'll give you kind of a, a, a better viewpoint on why you should just kind of not take it with a grain of salt, but just, you know, don't take this too seriously. But I'm going to uh, transition off talking with the Emmys, and I'm going to transition to Cat Williams. And I know Cat uh, Williams had a recent interview on V103. And it seems like the excerpts that kind of got taken out the most were the excerpts of him talking about Tiffany Haddish, Lil Rel Howery, and uh, Kevin Hart. And uh, I know Cat Williams feels like with uh, Tiffany, he brought up, can you name a joke? Or can you uh, bring up a special? And, you know, he was really kind of like attacking her resume since she didn't write Girl's Trip. And I thought that was so disappointing because... One, I mean, some people do have certain jokes that you remember and some don't. Some have a, a body of work that just speaks for themselves where it's not even about the joke. It's about them having a conversation with you. What's unfortunately um, disappointing with the whole thing with Kat in regards to Tiffany is that 
a lot of the times it's a culmination of work that you do. And then when you hit that one big thing, it changes your career. So, for example, I wasn't aware of Cat Williams before Friday After Next. I'm pretty sure he was working as a comedian long before then. His career didn't start with Friday After Next, but Ice Cube gave him an opportunity, put him in a movie, and that changed his career. Ironically, Ice Cube put her in a movie called Janky Promoters. And it was a small part, but I remember when I watched that film, and the film was okay. I was like, who's she? Like, the, the, She was playing like a maid at a hotel, and she wanted to sleep with Young Jeezy at the time. And it was just, it was a real funny bit. And like after that, I was kind of see her every now and again and some stuff. I always thought she was funny. I thought she was, I thought she was always pretty and silly, but I was like, oh, something about her. And then obviously Girl Shirt comes out and then it changes her career. So I say that to say when he says on that show, well, well, she didn't write Girl's Trip. It's like, well, you didn't write Friday After Next. Ice Cube did. Pretty sure you probably added certain things to that part to, to make it yours. And you probably changed some things, which is fair. But Ice Cube still wrote that movie, just like I'm, it's the same thing for Girl's Trip. So I, I didn't get why, even when he was going up on his specials about her, or talking about the lack of specials he had, why that was such a um, a big selling point and why his critique was of her. And then he was going at Lil Rel Howery and talking about how he looks and him not being attractive and said the same thing pretty much about Kevin Hart. And, and he also brought up Gerard Carmichael. Again, to me, Gerard Carmichael was just a different level of comedian than Cat. Cat is kind of jokey, jokey. You know, Gerard Carmichael is someone of, you know, the era of a, of a George Carl. Well, he's like making an observation. He's really kind of telling you stories in a way, but he's talking with you. He's not a joke, joke person. And then, you know, Kevin is observational, but he's funny, too. He's more so in the vein of Eddie Murphy, where he talks about kind of like light stuff, but about his life. But it was just kind of fascinating to see that he was going so hard at Lil Rel for some reason because uh, of of the looks thing. And it's like Lil Rel Howery, out of everyone in that he critiqued, is probably the most likable person at it. Because the moment you watch him on the Carmichael show, you immediately like him. I know he just had his recent show uh, premiere on Fox, and I, I watched it. I liked it. I thought it was funny. and But he just has this real kind of like everyman kind of quality to him. And you feel like you know him when you watch him a lot of the time. And and that's why he's, he's probably at where he's at right now from a career standpoint. And another thing that people don't bring up about Hollywood, and I don't want to get too sidetracked here, it's no different than any industry. People want to work with people that they like and that are professional. Through it all. So let's just cut through all the rumor stuff about what people do to get there and all that type of stuff. When you just get right down to what people are actually looking for is like, are you professional and do I like you? That's pretty much it. And especially in regards to Lil Rel and, and Kevin Hart is a, is a big testament to this. They're likable people. They work really hard at what they do and they're likable. So it's not that hard to see why their careers are at where they're at. And, and the thing with Kat and, and Kevin, he's, um, you know, made it known that his friends with, you know, Kevin's ex-wife and that kind of shapes the way he views Kevin. OK, you know, but you do realize then every time you bring up Kevin in the conversation, it's going to come across as it's a bitter thing. So you just kind of come out better not mentioning him at all because that was his personal situation. It doesn't involve you directly. If Kevin hasn't done nothing to you personally, then you should kind of stay out of that. 
But, um, and, and of course, you know, I know he got donkey of the day by Charlemagne because he brought up a bunch of stats that were inaccurate from his ticket sales to how many specials he's done. And, and, and it's so, and it's disappointing because Cat Williams is a successful comedian. He still is a funny comedian. He's not at the height of that he was at with Pimp Chronicles, but he's still really good. It's kind of sad because, you know, a lot of his comedy has been about not hating on people or wanting more haters. But if you look at over the last several years, Cat Williams really hates a lot on people in his peer group. And it's kind of it's kind of sad and disappointing that, that he does that. But those are just some of the things I kind of wanted to touch on with that. Uh, I'll probably follow up on some of these things probably in the future if there's anything else interesting that pops up from it. But um, I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. I want to thank D and all the work that he's doing uh, to put together our videos. And uh, I'm looking forward to more future content that we're going to be doing for the pod. I want to thank all you guys for listening. Definitely continue to like, share, and follow. Uh, definitely support us and become a patron. Again, my name is Jonathan Still. Thank you for listening. Could you be more specific? I'm looking forward to doing more of these again in the future. And I hope you guys have a good week and stay safe.